Hello, Stevie Taylor here. Welcome to the Gig Life Podcast. You're looking well. I'm glad to have you here. Hope you enjoy this episode, which is something a little bit different. I'm doing a bunch of roundtable type episodes with um, musicians and performers and uh, industry type people and being a drummer and knowing a little bit about drums, the first one um, I put together was a drummer's roundtable. So we've got six Sydney drummers. Um, we sat in a room and we talked about drums. Funny that. We talked about music. We talked about life. We discussed a bunch of predetermined topics. Um, we handed it over to the listeners and some social media followers to ask some questions, which we went through and we discussed and, and answered. Um, it was a hoot, man. We um, ended up recording three and a half hours worth of stuff, which I'm not going to drop in, in one whole episode, so I'll do it in parts. So this this one tonight will be, um, uh, today, sorry, will be part one. So with me in the in the room um, f- on the panel for this uh, Drummers Roundtable was uh, Steve Marin, Dave Ferry, Fabrizio Amade, Dave Goodman, Yanya Boston, and Johnny Adams. Now, if you read the show notes, there's a little bit more information about each of those drummers. They've all been uh, on the podcast before, um, having individual episodes. So I've also linked, well, sorry, um, listed the episode numbers uh, also in the show notes. If you want to go and check them out individually, um, I recommend that because they're um, great people, very interesting, um, had you know, awesome careers. Uh, apologies in advance for not perfect sound quality. It was a bit tricky to record seven people in one room. Um, I'd only ever recorded one-on-one interviews before, so I had to try and record seven people, um, and we had we only had four microphones. But we, we made it work. It's not perfect, um, but you can hear everything. I suggest maybe listen to it in headphones or, or turn your stereo right up, get it right in your ears. Yeah, so basically sit back and, and listen to us just um, talking about drums and stuff. Um, if you don't like drums, um, maybe you'll like drums after this episode. But glad you're here. Sit back and enjoy part one of the Gig Life Podcast Drummers Roundtable. Cheers. I think we're rolling. Um, doing something a little bit different tonight. We, um, I had a bit of a harebrained idea a few months back and ran it past Steve Marin over there and of doing like a, uh, a drummer's round table type sort of thing. So um, here we are. Um, so I'm a little bit intimidated by the, <laughs> the, ta- the talent in the room. but By, um, by the good looks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll go from my left. So we've got Dave Ferry. Hello, everyone. Hello, Dave. Dave Goodman. Greetings. Steve Marin. Hey. Johnny Adams. Good evening. Fab Amadei. Buongiorno. And Yanya Boston. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll start by um, 
what are you guys sort of up to now? What's your what's your gigs at the moment? I'll start with you, Dave. Um, at the moment, um, I'm basically retired. Okay. Um, but I'm doing Thursday nights at Rambling Rascal with Pete Northcote and Dario Ortolin. Mm-hmm. And, and we just have different singers in each week. Um, and, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really cool venue and um, it's pretty much off the cuff each week. Um, sometimes Fab does it as well. Um, yeah. Um, I've just come off the back of Frankie's for six years straight. So um, having a rest there, um, and it was a similar similar vibe, um, rock, and um, it was it was a, a residency with the same band, but different different guys each week um, leading the band. So that's the main thing, and then just sort of freelance stuff like everyone else. Wow, and that's me. That's good, Dave Goodman. You up to? I'm, I'm up to no good. Love. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am freelancing, Mr. Freelance. Um, a few mainstays, uh, not particularly busy, just picking up things at the moment. Uh, there's a band, 10-part invention I've been in for about 20 years that was still going strong. And uh, just lots and lots of jazz here and there, lots of different people all over the place and lots of teaching. I've doubled my teaching load this year. So, right. so yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. I'm trying to re- reorient myself towards this. <laughs> Very good. Steve? Um, yeah, it's just week-to-week gigs. Um, it's been pretty busy. Uh, it's quietening down now a bit. I finished up five months on working on Jersey Boys. So um, it's nice to play something that's not Jersey Boys. Um, and I'll be going into three months of Saturday Night Fever in March. And I'm sure by the end of those three months, I'll probably want to play something else too. <laughs> yeah, just those kind of gigs, man. Craving for Jersey Boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. Johnny? I don't really play anymore. <clears throat> and uh, actually, this year, what are we, March? March. I've done one gig. Yeah. So um, I've really retired. Yeah. And, uh, Do you want one this Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> I've got a boat shed for you. <laughs> <laughs> that old chestnut. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just uh, I've really focused on, if you know, family stuff and, and, yep. and social life rather than playing and uh, I haven't really picked up a drumstick. New Year's Eve is the last gig. And last year I did six gigs, I think, and two of them were on one weekend. Yeah. So you're talking three or four months between gigs. But but every, that was probably my most favourite year of playing music I've yeah, ever right. had. Yeah. Because I had no... It was almost all with Doug, Will, Doug yeah. Williams. So at Lazy Bones. Yeah, so just a couple of shows that would just turn up and play... Um, and don't have to take your drums. That was good. Um, but um, no, but it's just great to hang with that group of people. And I only did it a few times last year. One, one or two, one other birthday party gig, I think. Yeah. And um, yeah, had a ball, but not doing much. So. Yeah, great. Fab. Uh, well, I guess like pretty much everyone else except for Johnny now, um, freelancing mostly. Like it's mostly freelancing. I've been busy though. It's been. This year, especially when what, March, yeah, and it's been already been a, a good year. But it's mm. it's all it's all freelance. Nothing, nothing solid. I mean, I have some mainstays as well. Like I, d- I do a lot of work with Dario and, and bass and, and Chris Cam's Ellis on guitar. We work a lot together, doing various bits and pieces, different shows, different gigs, uh, pub gigs as well. You know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and picked up a few. There's been a lot of new new stuff this year. Um, some of it came off the back of the cruise because I do the cruises in October. Yep, the rock the boat. Yep. yep. 
this this week uh, is Ross Wilson, and I picked up another one which was the uh, the Voices, which is the uh, Jason Singh was the guy from Taxi Ride. Yeah, he's got these are all Melbourne based acts. Yeah, and what they're doing now is they're they're sorry to anyone in Melbourne listening, but they're coming they're coming up to Sydney and 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 they're they're utilising Sydney musicians. Yeah. Just to be more cost effective, yeah, and it's happening the same way in reverse as well. Victor you know. Rounds is doing that too. Victor Rounds yeah, is doing right. that. One. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, he's doing that as well. And Wendy, Wendy as well. She's flying back, right? Because she's moved. Wendy um, on keys, moved to the states. She's doing that. But anyway, that's what they're doing. They're um, they're they're, they're utilizing the stuff <laughs> here. You know, different. Yeah, that. yeah. and that's about it. Awesome. But it's been good. Been a good year. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just waiting for you to go for the last name and just see how you went on it. That's all. I, I wouldn't have gone there. Uh, I know it's so, Sorry, I threw you off. Wendy, we love you, Wendy. Wendy on keys. We love you. <laughs> um, yes, I'm the resident drummer at the Opera Bar, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So, no. um, actually, I haven't played that gig for a while. Um, I'm currently uh, taking up dancing with the stars. Uh, playing drums on the the TV show there, so yeah, I'm doing that, which is a which is a new uh, a new chapter for me. I, right. I haven't really done. I mean, yeah, I've done, done TV, lots of TV. I've done TV stuff like one offs with artists, right, and stuff. But to, this format is is obviously we're part of the house band, which is twelve piece band. Yeah, and um, we're given material to learn every week, and uh, I like the challenge of the, the you know we have a limited amount of rehearsal, we have to execute it, and then it's live TV, so. Yep. Uh, so far, nothing's gone tragically wrong. Yep. But there's seven weeks to turn it around. <laughs> <laughs> and on top of that, I've been doing some touring with with um, probably not three original acts at the moment that I'm I'm part of and and co or MDing or help helping to organise and yeah. And so I've been doing a fair bit of travelling and actually not not a lot of not a lot of um, of the usual kind of. You know, rent gigs around town at the moment, which, which is great and is also bad, because rent doesn't care who you're no. playing with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> rent just needs the money. So, um, yeah. But fortunately, so far, been had a good start to the year and and seen lots of parts of the country. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff. So, first question I want to kick off is, what what are you listening to at the moment, Dave Perry? Always Toto. Yes, yep. thank you. Yep. <laughs> Lovely. Yep. It just depends on, you know, whether it's Simon Phillips, yep. Shannon Forrest, yep. uh, Jeff Beccaro, or um, Vinny's actually done a couple as well. He did. Yeah. played on the last album. Yeah. yeah. So, no, a bit of everything, actually. Um, a lot of um, <clears throat> James Taylor. Um, um, today I was listening to a guy called Mark Jordan as well. I think Beccaro played on some of his earlier stuff too. But um, a lot of everything. Actually, a lot of... Um, Little baby bum at the moment. It's like yeah, a yeah. kids thing, and yep. um, what's it? Um, oh, giggle and hoot. Giggle and hoot. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy yes. he's on Dancing with the Stars, isn't he? Affirmative. Yeah, <laughs> he is. So listening to a lot of that stuff. Actually, Jess and I, my wife and I, coming back from Bathurst on the weekend. Um, our daughter hated all the music, and then we right. put this stuff on and just loved it. So, yeah. Um, sorry to hear that. Yeah, no, it's actually, but all day, that's the stuff I've got in my head. Is I'm wheel, sorry to hear that. on the bus. Yeah. And that's, that's cool <laughs> shit. Yeah. No, Over you. Dave Goodman. Well, I, I signed a contract with the devil on Saturday, actually, um, and I got a Spotify account. <laughs> hey. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, well, Welcome I, uh, to 2012. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm right up on it. <laughs> I've been holding out and holding out on, yeah. on getting one, but I the just reason, thought, you know what? Well, I just, I mean, yeah, I, I just, I've heard so many stories. I mean, I've never, you know, record sales have never directly affected my livelihood, but I work for people who, you know, record sales uh, depends on, you know, their livelihood depends on that. Yeah. So I just, I just, I disagreed with it and I still do on that as a, as a professional, but as a listener, oh my God, it's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> so I decided... When I got it, okay, I'm sick of my iTunes library that I've just been having on shuffle for like 15 years. And so I'm only listening to things that I've never heard before. So there's stuff that I'm catching up on. Um, there was a, um, there's a John Abercrombie album with Peter Erskine on drums from 1989, a live recording with Mark Johnson on bass. And that's the first one I listened to. It's unbelievable. And then there's um, Bill Stewart's new album with saxophone player Walter Smith III and uh, Larry Grenadier on bass. That's really cool. I, I really like that. <clears throat> I've been in, in the car a lot, so I've been checking these out. And then today, just on the way here, actually, I, I put on um, a new Keith Jarrett album with Jack DeJohnette on the drums. And just uh, all three of these are just making me go, oh, wow. I've actually tried a few other things and rejected them. I'm just unsaving them keeping these ones that, and I don't want to listen to them too much I just want to get the vibe yep. and then move on to the next new thing just keep the ears fresh because I felt like I was getting stale there for, for 15 years just listening to the stuff that I knew you know yep. so it's a new new frontier for me it's cool cool yeah Stephen oh jeez um, I'm like you Dave I'm listening to what my kids are putting on <laughs> <laughs> I know it's kind of weird but um my niece and my daughter really into Bohemian Rhapsody Queen. Yeah. That movie that's come out, so heaps of Queen. Which is kind of cool, because it's not that I didn't pay attention to it, but there's heaps of things that I didn't. Yeah. You get the old song. It's so a banging song, yeah. Um, my son is totally, like, totally into Thor. Yeah. The, the Thor that Taika directed. Yeah. Uh, Ragnarok. Yeah. And... So I've, I've, he keeps me um, playing Immigrant Song. He's always uh, got me putting Immigrant, like, five times in a row. And he's turning four soon, so I'm slowly getting him into, oh, this is this band, Led Zeppelin. Like, they played that song. You should check out more of their stuff. So then we sit there listening to about an hour and a half of Led Zeppelin, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and I've been going heaps of heaps back to the folkloric Chilean stuff, actually, yep. lately. Uh -huh. Great. Yeah, it's... I, 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 I really enjoy not hearing drums. Mm. So I've been going back to that whenever it's chill out time. And if I'm listening to stuff, it's because I'm learning it or yeah. got to play it that week. Or... Yeah. So I actually, it's a weird thing to say, but I try to stay away from too much music just to keep it all chill. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Yeah. Johnny. Uh, Robin Ford, Steen, and Michael Landau. Right. Yeah, just I've uh, been getting into a few guitarists and like and John Coughlin, yeah. some of the uh, Indian stuff that is, yeah, that, oh, yeah. It's beautiful and um, yeah, again, just to just to uh, support what Steve's saying with the uh, the older I've gotten and the less it's been wanting to actually focus on drums, so rather become more of a listener these days anyway because I don't play so much anymore. But um, but but mainly yeah, Robin Ford. 
uh, which album? Here. Which uh, which one? Well, we're going to bust up one of the questions, I think, because yeah. actually, <laughs> the, I talked to your daughter. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cornerstone album for me. Yeah, ever. We'll, sa- we'll save that because we're, yeah. we're going to talk about <laughs> yeah, okay. that. But, That's um, a whole topic in itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. And then um, just uh, just a whole bunch of sting stuff and and off oh, bit of five piece band. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just and then. But in stark contrast, I don't know if it's because it's summer or not, but um, a bit of a... Beach Boys. James Rain, actually. James Rain? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. It's funny, I was listening to James Rain the other day this when I was painting my house. Songwriting. Yeah. Just, and John Watson on drums. Yeah, Fuck, and hell, man. yeah. Just, uh, I, I think Summer's actually had something to do with that. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so... Uh, and some 90s Aussie pop. Uh, Margaret Ulrich. Yeah. Like tracks like Escaping and all that. And then those early... Late eighties, early nineties albums from some Aussie artists. So and it's been delightful. Awesome. Well, that's hilarious, and I'll tell you why. Because just the other day, I don't know what made me do that. I was YouTubing, and uh, I saw a James Rain uh, live with John Watson. Right. Yeah. And I watched it and I went, oh, wow, because in the 80s I was, uh, you know, was kind of into that stuff, not to play but to listen to, you know what I mean? Uh, for me it's been just a mixed bag of stuff, bit of him, bit of Toto, Queen because of Bohemian Rhapsody, same thing because my kids went to see it as well. So I, um, so I, um, <laughs> is that close enough? <laughs> Am I close? <laughs> How about here? <laughs> um, Bohemian Rhapsody. Like a lot of Queen getting into Queen, and, and the same effect as what Steve was saying is like you know they're all tunes that you know or I've always known, but you're listening to them with kind of fresh ears, and it's like wow, this is cool. So you just a few that escape you, right? Yeah, there is. <clears throat> there is. It's awesome. Uh, some on some George Benson, some early Benson. Uh, just a lot of stuff. I'm revisiting a lot of stuff that I've been listening to, but a lot of the time I'm lately I've been writing a lot of charts, so I've been having to listen to stuff. Because I'm writing charts. Yeah. And then when you spend a day doing that, it's kind of like, okay, I don't want to listen to anything right now. <laughs> I'm good. And then if I get in the car and I don't want to listen to anything specific, I might put the radio on and do some radio surfing and that lasts about five minutes. And I'll turn it off. <clears throat> cool. And I'll try sing. Anyway. Hang on one sec. Can you guys put that, sit that mic on that arm of that chair and then... And, oh, if we, oh. Oh. Why do you want it? Oh, that's... Uh, I can put it maybe... Oh, that, that'll do. No, that'll do. Yeah. Don't be shy. <laughs> I never am. <laughs> you can even... St- if you stand it up on its end... Oh, you reckon? Hey. Oh, hey. I've hey. done that before. Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Uh, I haven't been doing any sort of intellectual music listening... Everyone's, you know, I'm listening to this because I'm checking out this reference and this drummer from so-and-so, and I don't do... I've just never really done that. I appreciate that people do it, and I think it's also an indication of how I came up playing drums and learning drums, which was not any sort of, like, structured kind of anything. I yep. just would play to whatever was on the radio. Um, and so I've, I've never done that thing of, like, searching, searching for, and following drummers, and I really should... Or great, you know, really great legendary, you know, classic musicians. Really, it's just not something I do. I've always come up with just singer songwriters mainly. Um, but in saying that, the moment I'm just listening to, well, 
currently I'm just listening to like the week's show that we have yeah. to learn for the yeah. show, which is 80 second edits of of tracks that you've heard on the radio quite often. Right. Um, and other than that, I'll I'll put on like a uh, like an Apple Music like radio station yeah. type thing. I'll just find a genre and hit it and put it on. But I'm it's just for background stuff. And if I'm actually doing any sort of intensive listening, I'm listening to podcasts. Yeah. You know, non music related podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, Apart yeah. from this one, though, yeah. you listen yeah. to the shit out of this. Well, yeah, yeah, this one, of course. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I found that that's been the case for ages. Hey, I've, I've never done that kind of, you know, thing of like really seeking out this person, analysing their style and figuring out, you know, what makes them them. It's just hasn't been my thing. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's lazy. That's what it is. Well, let's get in some sort of nitty gritty. Um, Want to hear the shittiest lug in Sydney? Because we're in Sydney. Does anyone want to do Listeners? a gig shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, notice that Johnny got two offers of gigs and, and just sort of laughed them off. And <laughs> that old didn't, chestnut. Didn't say yes to either you know what it is with the Sydney lugs? <laughs> is that you'll think of one, and then about five seconds later, you think of another, another one that's one, even yeah. shitter. Right. Yeah. And then they'll just keep on going. Yeah. All right, so let's I'm go. just trying to get to the, like... I, the one that's always just time-consuming... He's getting into the casino, like event centre. Ah, <laughs> uh, in the event centre. So you've got to do like the loading dock and leave the drums inside the thing and get the car and drive around and yep. get four lifts and take walk through the casino floor, get to the... But yeah, the crew take it all though, right? Don't the crew oh, take right. it all for you? Mate, I'm not young, you're Boston. No, 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 no. <laughs> take my own guy. shit. Oh, that's what they did. It, didn't, that's what they used to do oh. at, the, at the start. And then you get back in, and then you've got to get to the broom, and then there's no trolleys. You've got to do another four lifts with gear. and That's a shock. It's just time-consuming. Yeah. It takes about 50 minutes just to get like their stuff in. i got one that's similar to that. You just remind me of Castle Hill RSL. Oh. Yeah, no loading oh. dock. You've got to go through the front. Castle Hill oh, RSL, for, for two reasons. One, you've got to get to Castle Hill oh, RSL yeah. first. <laughs> and that's a prick of a place to get to. I don't know why it is, yeah. but it is. And then you get there and it's that, yeah, the, the, you got to drive around the back, the loading dock, mm-hmm. you've got to wait for someone to open the doors, which always takes 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Then you've got to hope they've got a trolley and you push it up this thing and into a lift and through the kitchen <laughs> up to another floor and here and there and it's got ramps and shit yeah. and it's a pain in the ass. This is to play up on the top. To up play the up top. on the top room, yeah. 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 And then, you know, maybe seven times out of ten it sounds shit up there yeah. too on stage. <laughs> yeah. So you're doing all that for a shit sound. But anyway... I'm grateful for anyone who wants to book me for the castle here myself. I'm free next Saturday. I'll do that one on Kakon. This is Fab speaking. (laughs) Dave Ferry, what you got? Uh, Outside of Sydney, um, the worst lug I've ever had was uh, Cathedral Cave at Wellington Caves. Um, And so you had to go down through the whole cave and it was the end and then back out again. So that was the worst lug. Kick drum sounded fucking great, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least you, got you just hear it go. Cavernous. Yeah. Um, what's, the, what's the hotel at Martin Place? There's, like, a ballroom. Um, oh, that one. It's not the West Inn, is it? Is it the West Inn? Number one. Number one? Yeah, down yeah, in the, the ballroom. Yeah, the one Pitt Street oh, Mall. Down, oh, yeah, yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's probably one of the worst ones. Mm. Mainly dealing with a lot of the... You know, the bellboys, and they give you a trolley that's, you know, yeah. that's vegan. Yeah. Or the, the service lifts. The service lifts are good. Which only go up and down <laughs> once every 20 minutes, and the door opens, and 
everyone's in there. Yeah. And there you are with all your gear and, yeah. and what do you do? See, I thought of I thought of a worse one. Yeah. I knew this would happen. QVB. Tea rooms. Oh, oh so yeah. 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 No flat loads. We, so yeah. we, we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen. We have a winner. Yeah. yeah. And then, and the gig itself. Yeah, right? then, yeah, and then you're sitting in the But, yeah, that's the worst one. <laughs> it is, it's bad. Because you've got to use those old lifts, too. Oh, that's That's a 50-50 of whether you're going <laughs> to survive or ride. Just make it. <laughs> Please hold out. Please hold out. <laughs> um, but some travel tips. People, oh, can I people what, Yeah, well, of course you can, yeah. Uh, depending on where it is, the Aqua Shell. Um, oh, okay. All right. Through, that Rochelle was near where the, the cinema that was knocked down now, the, um, the oh, yeah, yeah. IMAX. Yep, yep, yep. And I had to get from the car park. Uh, Cockle Bay? No, no, no. Um, oh, yeah, sorry, but the car park with that, that is it the Ibis or something? It's a big car park. Oh, the car park. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two loads. And, <laughs> wow. uh, and, and because there was only two, or uh, there were as much as I could carry in one go, and uh, yeah, anyway, I'd rather do that day. But I've got to say, on the opposite end, one which was actually really surprising many years ago was the, um, I thought would be an absolute nightmare, was an absolute breeze, was Centrepoint. So you straight into huh. the loading, oh, straight into the loading dock, and then you go into the lift, straight up the top of the lift, uh, up to the floor, and you come straight out and then set up straight away. Like it was, it was, it was really you would, you would think it would be worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah like it was, right. but, but actually, one other thing with Fab, with lugging, talking about, it was the marble bar. Oh, 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 you got to After the gig, took the drums up, told the concierge to. <laughs> right. and, you know the marble bar gig. You know yeah, you got to. You got to. You, you pack down. You put it on the trolley. You take it upstairs, right? Put it, leave it at the concierge. You go down to the car park. You get your car. You drive around. and You do the illegal U-turn to come in, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, something was going on that night. I left my kit in the trolley in the con- in the foyer there. Get in the car. I was living in San Susie at the time. Get in the car, drove home. Yes. No. Reversed up the driveway. No. <laughs> Opened the bar. <laughs> Drum kit still on the trolley. <laughs> Concierge. Uh, <laughs> I forgot to actually, because I got in the car, I just forgot. Uh, actually, I had another note. Can I, a quick, quick one? Do you remember the old marble bar before they redid it? The old Hilton, and it was a marble bar, and you could walk through the arcade yeah. through Pitt yeah, Street, yeah. the old version, yeah. and you'd park on the footpath. And you'd, you'd load, and you had, it was a bad luck down at the marble bar. It was a ramp all the way down. Yeah. I set up one night, finished just as I finished setting up. Band walks in. There's, oh, where? No, no, I'm here. You know what? No, you're in the wrong room. Found out the guy gave me the wrong info. It was the pub on the Pitt Street end. So I had to pack it up and carry it. <laughs> walk it oh, the city tax. Oh, oh. oh anyway. Yeah. yeah, I was angry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dave Goodman. Suggested that you want, wanted to hear some travel tips from you guys, especially the guys that, that travel What's a your bit. one, Dave? you got to have a good one, then. What's well, my one? <laughs> oh, well, uh, I, I'm, my, my travel tips are all just stolen from everyone I ask. I, I, it's a <laughs> thing I like to ask drummers. Like, I, I asked... Um, I, I, the answers I get are really, really interesting. Like, I asked, I asked David Jones once, David, what are your travel tips? And he said, well, always pack your own tofu. <laughs> and your own soy drink. You know, I, he says, he says yeah. I don't travel with symbols or anything. I have my... He's got one of those barrel thrones. Yeah. And he says, I always take my own gas cooker. 
Yeah. Wow. You know, for those regional, wow. tr- you can't yeah, get yeah. to the supermarket, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, and he's and he can't eat anything. Yeah, you got the motel room with the kettle. Yeah, and that's me these days too. Like I'm, I there's so much I can't eat. I I'm cooking. You know, yeah. like I. I'd rather eat well than if I have to go without symbols and just use whatever (laughs) (laughs) junk supply. Um, Can I get more tofu in my fallback, please? (laughs) 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 Uh, That's David Jones. Then Simon Barker, uh, this was a while back. I mean, I haven't flown with my drums for like 20 years or something, so I just just don't bother anymore. And uh, Simon said, uh, pack, pack all of your luggage into a, something that will fit into the overhead locker so you can take more drums. <laughs> yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Andrew Gander said, pack everything you need, then halve it. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, the best travel tip that I ever got was from Phil Slater, the trumpet player, and I asked him once, you got any travel tips, Phil? And his wife, Jody, is, I think she's just finished, but for many, many years she was an international Qantas hostie. Oh, wow. And so she's seen everything, and, and he, he had all these stories. Anyway, so he, his travel advice was well when you're on a long haul flight and you're in the lounge and they make the boarding call you know section c and d whatever you know your section is loading now um boarding sorry (laughs) and then you know he said just sit in the lounge sit there wait until they're they're naming people (laughs) over the pa your your flight is ready to depart wait until even five minutes after they've called the last name for the last time because then you get up and you walk down the ramp onto the onto the plane there's still people messing around with their overhead stuff it's, it takes a very long time to yes, load the course. plane board the plane <laughs> he said then you get your boarding pass out and and um yeah, when you when you actually check in, request a seat right at the back of the plane, <laughs> so that you've actually you can actually walk the entire length of the plane. And you're looking, you're walking around, and you're holding your boarding pass, and you're looking at it like this, and you're sort of looking, surveying the seats. Oh, is that is that my seat? No, 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 keep going. But what you're doing is looking for the two or three seats that are vacant because yeah, everyone right. else has already yeah, sat down, right. found their seat, and then you find the three, you know, no one's there, and you go. Ah, yes, that's me. <laughs> and so then as soon as the seatbelt sign goes off, you lie down across all three of them, put a blanket over yourself and start <laughs> coughing so no one's going to come near you. And then you've got three seats for the long-haul flight. That was cool, you know. I can attest to that. I use that all the time Yeah. Um, on long hauls. All the time. Get on last and take the first available row you see. You, I mean, you can't go dead last. You want to go, like, maybe third or fourth, you know, right at the end and you just pick it, and it, it'll work nine times out of yeah. ten. Yeah. And you just own the spot. It's the most anxiety-driven five minutes of your life. <laughs> and the, the energy in the cabin at that point is electric. You get down there, because everyone around there is eyeing off that row, right? Yeah. And they're all looking at you. They're all looking yeah, at you, and they're watching you come late, down. Man. No, 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 they're watching you come down thinking, is it, is it that person's row? Is it their row? And you, so you've got to own it. You've got to totally own it. And you, you just take it straight away. And it works nine times out of ten. Only once have I had to get up and move. And for, you know, for that shame just one time, it's, it's, it's well worth it. Absolutely. And you do it. You just so you do one pillow at one end, bag at the other end. That's it. And you just, like, spread your shit out, you know. <laughs> it's great. It's absolutely great. That's good. Especially on a long haul flight. Yeah. Um, mine's probably when you're driving to a gig, um, leave early, and if you've got time, stop at as many little pubs 
as you can, but it's always just a midi. Yeah, right. Just have a midi. <laughs> and um, otherwise you just find that you've done, you know, 57 RSLs yeah. um, in, you know, in a um, couple of months. So you might as well see a bit of the scenery and um, talk to locals. Also, too, before you go, if there's, you know, wineries, that kind of thing, good, good food. Yeah. Um, where's the... Um, oh, where's got the great oysters? Um, I don't know that. Marubula. Last time I was down there, I went in before the gig, heap of oysters in the fridge, nice. come home afterwards, and yeah, yeah just, um, I don't know, uh, I don't have any money at the end of my <laughs> shows, but hey, it's, had uh, a really good night. I've had a great night, everyone yeah. loved it, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's... But mine was travel with nothing. If yeah. they're supplying symbols, yeah. mad. Yeah. If, if you get into a gig and they have, and you have no idea what it's going to be, Level some of reason. extra level of excitement. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. A bit of a thrill. Yeah. Like, shit, let's see if we get an export and some, like, ZBTs or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, what do I do with this? C8 pros. I'm yeah. down with that. I, rock up with sticks, um, man. I generally will travel with a backpack, hmm. backpack and sticks if it's just a kit gig. But at the same time, I really dug myself into a hole with a couple of the, the gigs that I look after where, like, even today I had production rehearsal for a couple of different artists. And my car, you couldn't have fitted... An 8-inch splash symbol in the car. It was, <laughs> it was that full and like riding so low. And I'm I'm playing kit and running tracks, and I've got a big st- stage rack which runs all in ears and a whole bunch of tech stuff and SPDs and also it's great. It's great toys, but I often will just go, "What have you done? You know, <laughs> really created a monster." Too much. What do you? I, mean, I got road cases. I got you know they're all in road cases. Kind of, I fly with all this shit too. Um, yeah. What do you drive? Yeah, I've just got a. Uh, Civic. <laughs> <laughs> I just got a um, just a, a Corolla wagon. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's not huge. Yeah. I've got the the art of the the pack down though. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, travel with as little as possible. Yeah. <laughs> travel with as little as possible. That, that that was actually going to be my my advice too. As little as yeah, possible. Nothing. I'll take a stick bag. I've got and usually, like, because my stick bag has got a lot of sticks in it, I'll just take what exactly what I'll need. Right. Maybe you know, three pairs just to be, and oh, put yeah. them in, put them in a smaller stick bag. Right. Yeah. yeah, stick them in my luggage. Yep. Symbols. Only if I have to take my symbols, I'll take them. Well, I mean, I usually take them. I had them, a gig in Melbourne this weekend, and in my symbol case, I managed to put my shoes. <laughs> yeah. Three pairs of awesome. sticks, some brushes, tuning key. Yeah. I, you and know what? That was it. I bought one of those a, a couple of years ago. I, I bought one of those, um, you know, protection racket. Mm. The, 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 big, the big guy deep on one. wheels, yeah. the deep one on wheels, and, oh, and the... Sh- the shit you can fit in there, man. Bad, it's incredible. <laughs> this one thing, well, you know, the, the handle's bending like this. I look okay, but it works. No. But as little as possible, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a sonor drum key and... Alan, <laughs> oh, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. Alan keys. Uh, uh, the amount of times... I'll, I'll, I've actually... Uh, I've read some sort of drama by having the right size Alan key, like about 20 or 30, 20, 30 little keys and, and a little, like... Mentos or Mentos tin, and yeah, right. uh, a, 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 yeah just uh, make sure I've always had a uh, solid drum kit because you know, if, if something turns up, you can't. You've got to be able to tune it. So, but if if there's any equipment, I reckon um, a stable stool, pedal, and cymbals after that probably. Right. So, the why, why, the, why the Sonor drum kit? 
Or a ten cent piece. Well, yeah, I was going to say, or a coin, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, even in the stick bag right now, there's a song I'll drunk in everyday stick bag. Right. Yeah. Um, the, the Allen key, I, I went to Adelaide last week and they took an Allen key off me. At the airport? Oh, oh, really? Oh, really? Yeah, they took it off me. It was in my stick bag and yeah. it went through the, the thing. I was carrying it on. Went through the thing and they went, oh, hang on a minute. They pulled it out. So in case you grub screwed somebody? Or? Yeah, yeah. No, I think, no, but they had I what, think what, the what it was. was loose. Yeah, they, they, they thought, oh, that's just, just what we've been looking for. You're doing the service. It's incredible. Work. Yeah. No, they took the Allen key off me because, and the woman, she, I said, why are you taking that? Well, you know, I'm going to unscrew a pilot. What am, and she was like, <laughs> and she took her, her name badge off, right? She took her name badge off. She goes, she said, I'll show you why. And she took it off and she held the Allen key up to the name badge and it was longer than the name badge. She said, if it's longer than the this badge, it's not going on. I mean, it's wow. an Allen key. <laughs> if I need an Allen key this weekend, I'm, I'm finding you. I'm finding you, woman. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take an Allen key, folks. No, I've had the whole taking the whole. It depends on where you are, though. And I found Virgin's the best. I think um, that was a Virgin flight, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think um, could be much worse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the security people, obviously, that. Chats the terminal, but I think um, travelling diversion people at the checkout kiosks and that uh, have been by far the most accommodating for drummers or musicians with equipment. Right. And uh, the least favourite probably would be Jetstar. Actually, oh, if you're one gram over, you got to pay for it. I mean, yeah, that's every nice. time. And then actually, quite unhelpful in quite a few situations. From memory, Scoot. Know, this is a long time ago. Though, so. Before retirement. Yeah. Before. <laughs> <laughs> So, and zip. Um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Scoot. Scoot Airlines. Yeah. Or Compass. Yeah. <laughs> East, west. Um, worst stuff up on a gig. So, the Today Show had their 20th anniversary week or something like that, or 25th anniversary week. And um, I was filling in for Joe Acaria at that time in David Campbell's band. And and they they had... So Campbell was a guest on the Today Show. And it was July or August, and some bright spark had the idea that the setting should be outside the opera house with the harbour bridge in the background and the and it was a, like a 6am call in the freezing cold winter and the, the opera house car park wasn't even open yet right so I get there and just the day before because I'm depping Ang- Angus Birchall is on the album right and, and and Joe normally does the gig but they told us the day before that Oh, by the way, and I had just I had a chart there, and I was looking forward to just playing through some big band thing. And, and Sony apparently called the day before and said, uh, "No, the band's miming." Uh, and uh, in fact, and when I showed up, uh, the producer came to me and said, "Yes, well, you'll be in charge of the what are those those playback machines? They're just absolutely dedicated to playing back music recordings yeah. on air, whatever it's called." Do you know what it is, Yanya? I... No, there's a few different ones, but yeah. it's a dedicated you know the playback. Vibe, right? the, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's absolutely no latency in pressing the button and and like the first <laughs> millisecond of the track going going onto the TV, right? So, 
So, you know, and I've never even seen one of these things in my life. And, and just the day before, I'm panicking because I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, like we've got the fake cymbals up here and the drum mutes and Angus Birchall's on the album. And I, I just don't play the accents like he does. So I'm going to be hitting cymbals and they're not going to be sounding and you're going to hear them and I'm not, they're not going to be moving. So <laughs> I'm, I'm freaking out because I just, you know, it's all about authenticity for me anyway. So they, 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 they ushered me over to the set where we're playing. And they said, this is the machine. Now, don't touch this button. <laughs> just don't touch it until you actually go live to air. And I'm like, oh, okay. So, right. And that's the, that'll start the track. Yes. And, um, and it's brushes, actually. And, <laughs> and it's, you know, it's, we're up on a riser. It's a bit wobbly. And, and it's my job to count the band in with my brushes, but also to have my finger down on the button ready to press it. And, like, how do you do an authentic count-in with, you know, clicking <laughs> your brushes and, and then pressing the buttons? <laughs> one, two, one, oh, shit. And I pressed the button, like, you know, three and a half beats before the track went on, going to national TV, and I'm like, oh, fuck it. You know, I picked up my brushes. And, you know, and I had these messages from students saying, were you actually playing on that track? I saw symbols moving. And it was just like this thing. It felt like the end of the world, but I don't think anyone really cared. <laughs> <laughs> I just I felt like I wanted no to die. No one was awake. Yeah, no one was awake. Thank goodness. That's why they called us so early. Johnny? Ah, uh, oh, the biggest one... Um, There'd be a few actually, uh, but the uh, I was filling in for some. There was there was De- Deva Pamana got this gig for us for this Indonesian rock band. They're quite prolific where they're from, and the drummer had sore wrists, so they got two other drummers to dep part of the gig each. So there's like one the main drummer's going to be there for the beginning, then the other guy would dep would do three tunes, and then I'd do three tunes, and then. The main drummer would finish. Apparently, he could do an hour before his hands, uh, wrists were really had it. It sounds like a very logical arrangement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Say. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> streamlined. And, uh, <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, and then I came on. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> so we did, and the first gig was in Perth. I'd never been to Perth. The rehearsal, we got there at night time and got trucked 45 minutes out of town, and it's like black windows, can't see out. I felt like I was on another planet. I almost. Everyone else was speaking another language. I was the only, only white bloke there, you know, and I couldn't speak their language, so I felt alienated because I didn't know the place. It was dark, and I felt alienated because of I didn't know their music that well and them and not speaking their language. So and then we got in the rehearsal room, and then they start. We got through the rehearsal, and, and they're whispering in their, ling, their, lung, their lung bag. You know, and you can't, you don't, you know, they're talking about you, but you don't know what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you know weird looks and all that sort of rubbish. Anyway, so we got on the gig, and um, so the first guy, I think, got up and did his... Uh, the gig started, first step got up, did his three tunes. I got up to do three tunes, and I only got fucking three songs, and I counted the wrong one in. Uh, and and <laughs> one was a ballad, and the other one was like a hard-hitting, and I've just... Counted the hard-hitting. Yeah, yeah, and it just and it stopped. It, like, it only went for a few seconds, and it just, yeah. So I, I, I felt pretty... Wow. Pretty embarrassed, but yeah. I wonder so. what they were saying about <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wouldn't have known. Yeah. My, yeah, yeah, my yeah. one was actually identical. We were doing a show. It was like a Cuban theme floor show type thing. It was an eight piece band, about ten dancers, and it was 
because everything was real tight. Segways were real tight. Like, it'd been gold for a bit, so it was actually a really tight show. And for some reason, same thing. Like, the next songs are like a cha-cha-cha, kind of thing. And I just look at the wrong song and I start counting in something really fast. <laughs> so all the dancers are ready. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all just... The, the entire show just stopped and looked at me. Wow. That's, the band ooh. kind of fell apart and played something. <laughs> None of the dancers moved. They literally wow. just all, like, in pairs and they all just turn around and look at me. <laughs> <laughs> the entire show stops, looks at me. The lights are massive. Beautiful. One, two. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the right one now. I got, I got one that that um, I, I was filling in for Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, in the L- Lyric Theatre Casino. No, yeah. no, she was a drummer. Oh, <laughs> oh you mean music stories? Sorry. <laughs> uh, Yanya, yeah, up to you. <laughs> now I was filling it, and it was the first time I'd ever played in the pit. And um, I'd gone there the night or the week before just to sit in with it was Pete Skelton playing. And uh, the, it was set up with, in the pit, drums were in the middle in a booth and I sat behind him for the whole show just to get a feel for it. I get there first night for me and it's all to click. We've got a, a, a TV screen here. Um, got your charts. You've got your own mix, you know, your own headphone mix. And, and it's a split level where you've got the MD who was on keyboards up on a split level, so he could see the stage and he could see the band, right? And he also had, and he had a camera, a camera on his piano, so on the camera you could see his hands, he would give you cues like this, you know, for the whole thing. It was really, and it was, it was precise, it was precise. And anyway, not to say the least, I, I was actually quite nervous because I'd never done a pit gig before. We do the gig and they stopped for intermission. It was Saturday night, full house, stop for intermission. We come back on for the next set and... And what I did was I, I had um, earbuds, and because it was it felt like it was a bit loud, what I did is I, was, I thought, I'm going to put, for the second set, I'm going to put earbuds in and my cans over the top just to protect my ears a bit. So we get there. The MD had this thing, right? He would, he would call, um, get ready, and you knew you had 30 seconds. Uh, and, and then he'd say, uh, get ready again, second, get ready, 15 seconds. Here we go. And he would hit the click, right? And that's and you'd start. Anyway, so I knew I had... That's a warning thing. Get ready in your ears. I put these earbuds in. I start fixing up my charts, getting my shit ready, getting everything ready. Everyone's getting in place, blah, blah, blah. And I'm waiting for the get ready. <laughs> oh, okay, there's no get ready. I was just... And I was nervous. I was fucking nervous. All of a sudden, in the distance, I hear this really faint click. Tick, 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 tick. <laughs> and the band comes in. I turn around. My headphones are still on the... Oh, oh shit! I put the fu- I put the fucking earbuds in. And not the cans. And I forgot to put the cans on. <laughs> Dickhead! I fuck it. Everything went slow motion. I went nah, and it was a full on tune. Like it was like every- everyone in. Bang! First number back. You know. Uh, and you just felt this whole fucking show just go like whoa, wobble. Everyone wobbled. It was you could fucking feel it. Like, I dove for these cans and I put them on, <laughs> picked up my sticks already, I'm crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're like 10 bars in already because this song's at like 350 BPM. It was fast. <laughs> <laughs> so we're already in. And the t- I find myself, it took me three songs to swallow my heart and, and you could just feel the, 
the band, the whole fucking show doing this one. You can imagine what was going on upstairs. Just then after, the MD's finger. Yeah. Oh, one, fuck me. Then, what man. one would have been. And, and, and here I am filling in. I'm filling in, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah. this is fucked. Yeah. End of the show, he comes up to me and, and, um, and I was tail between my legs and I said, dude, I'm really sorry. I'm, I'm really sorry to explain to him. As I was about to explain to him what, I, what happened, he stopped me. He goes, he goes, listen, no. He goes, it's my fault. I really apologise to you. I'm like, well, what the hell? And he was explaining to me that the bass player, who's the regular guy was always taking his time. He would fucking, you know, get ready and he'd be like, because he's reading a book. These guys are doing it every night. He was just... And I watched him. He's like, hmm, there, like this, you know, fucking everything's slow. He said, he's always taking his time. I say, here we go. And he hasn't even got his cans on there. He goes, I'm sick of it and I'm sick of it. And he was getting heated up. He goes, and I just wanted to get him out. You know, I wanted to... And, I, and what he said to me, what he said to me, he goes, I always look around first to make sure everyone's got their cans on. Otherwise, I won't call it. If I see someone without, he goes, I didn't look around. I'm focused on him. And he finally put his cans. I went, right, bang. And he hit it, you know, and that's... And I said to him, don't ever do it again. <laughs> He's not listening to this. No. <laughs> I didn't mention names. I had a kind of similar one. I, I think I, I might have spoken about it on that, the episode we did. But, um, but just another a playback you know, a playback situation where I was depping. I was playing for this Australian pop artist at the time who was pretty much at the height of her career and I was just depping on the gig. And for, uh, the way that the gig was set up, there was playback and that was coming off one of those old Roland VSA ladies. You remember those units, right? Um, screens weren't lit up. You, had to, you, you would set your, you know, this song is on page number here, bank yeah. number yeah. here. And... Um, so the show hadn't been put in any kind of sequential order, right? That's helpful. At all. So song one was on page three, bank four. Song two was on page two, bank one. <laughs> now, some of the songs, the backing vocals were triggered off an SPD. I, I don't know why, but <laughs> some of the songs, the backing vocals were triggered off SPD. And, you know, I think everyone has a different approach to how they will, you know, depending on where the vocal comes in before the one, if they're going to put it on, on the thing or not and uh, whether they're going to play it on the bar. Um, and then I had some songs had no playback and had to come off a, a separate metronome. So there was a metronome plug. Instead of putting click track on the playback, they had a separate metronome <laughs> which was handling the songs which wow. weren't on the playback. And on those ones, Jeez. the BVs were coming off the SPD. <laughs> now, I'd been put in charge of all of this. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Everything could go wrong. Um, and yeah, we were playing to. It was, it was uh, upstairs at the, at the, is it the Crown in Melbourne? Yeah, the Crown. The, oh, the Palms. The Palms. The Palms. Right. Yeah, yeah. There was about two thousand people yeah. sold out. It was, it was a big show for this artist. You know, it was a, kind of the biggest show, ticketed show for her. You know, and um, I'd done my homework. You know, I'd done my bar charts, and I, I is before iPads and all that. So I would made my little folder with the plastic sleeves. I put the paper in here, this one, and so. At the, at the bottom of each chart, I would write what the next song was, just so I could see what was coming up when I turned the page. Do I need to switch to metronome? Do I need to use the playback machine? If I'm using the playback machine, what thing is it? If it's SPD, what bank is it? Blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> and, you know, got through the first few songs all right, and then uh, I got to one where I was feeling pretty good by now. You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, sweats are gone, the nerves are gone, we're all good, feeling comfortable, don't need to worry about the chart, I got this one sorted. 
just look at the next one and I read the bottom of the next one. Of, I read the bottom of it for that song. The bottom's supposed to be for the next oh, song, nice. you know, right? And so I'm like, okay, cool. I fire up the thing and boom, let's play the track. Let's play a big single that's oh, the one on the radio. No, let's play no. it. And boom, and here comes it. It's just metronome, boom, and it's like 10 BPM faster than it's supposed to be. And <laughs> MD looks at me and it's just like, Quit the quit this bit. Stop that. We just we just we went live, which you know, which is cool. It's a big enough band to do that. Um, the dance moves were a bit quicker than normal, and <laughs> we got through it. And a similar kind of thing that happened like two times on the on the one gig, like a similar thing. Shit. And it's amazing how heavily. It's amazing how the MD would let you do that instead of the MD doing it. To this day, I don't know. Yeah. I'm really surprised. <laughs> and funny enough, I saw I saw the MD the other day, and I said I haven't. Like, I'm not, it's not like I'm not, mad at him. I I'm just said that, that gig is still haunts me. It's that, I think everyone's got that one gig and that, that one haunts me. I remember sitting on the riser for an hour after the show. Like, everything's packed up around me and I was just sitting there hanging my head, feeling oh, so yeah. bad. The artist came up to me afterwards and said, how'd you go? I went, oh, well, you know. <laughs> Didn't you hear it? <laughs> Didn't you notice? <laughs> and uh, she was like, oh, I thought something sounded a bit different there. She'd barely noticed. So it was cool. But, you know, even to this day and it's, it's, Ten years later, it still it still really bothers me, yeah. you know. And it's amazing as drummers. I, I'm sure this applies to everyone. How we we can that one thing can really haunt you, you know, or, or can completely whether it haunts you for a long time or just ruins the the gig. Instead of thinking about all the positives that you executed that night, it's the it's that one little mistake. And even on on the TV gig the other day, I did I did something which was, you know, I, I can't remember. I, I I finished like a sixteenth earlier than the hit or something, and it, it sort of ruined my night for me. I was like, "Oh man, oh man, blah, blah. of course, no one notices, no yeah, one, you know." Yeah, of course. It's an interesting dynamic that we put ourselves through. You know, you know. I think, I think what you're saying about there's that one moment that 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 always sticks with you. But the thing about it is that some of them are so scary that you don't actually do them again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, other things might happen. But that particular fuck-up, there's a good chance that won't ever happen again if it, if it scared you bad enough, you know. That's yeah. what I've found anyway. It's always a good lesson, yeah. It, it is, sure. it is. Mine was a near miss. I got away with it. But it was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've had a few of those in my day. But, um, um, yeah, it was the first um, TV mime that I, that I did. And you know how you always get there and it's, the, it's a pretty shit kid, it's not yours. And what's, like, the shittest stools they make? Is it the PDXs oh, or, yeah. like, those? Like, it's the ones that... It's the ones that sort of have that... that <laughs> you know Adam the ones that have yeah. the little the screw hanging out and then yep. there's just the notch yeah. over the top? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was that... I, I walked out and I, and I just saw that little fucker sitting there and I went, oh, OK, this is cool. Yeah, so sat down and couldn't adjust it anyway. I looked up and underneath the seat, you know when metal... Bends. Um, yeah. It bends and it bends back and then yeah. it's just, yeah, and, it, and I sat on it and it was like, showtime, we're ready to go and I could feel it. Moving. Oh, moving. And, um, and so thank God it was a mime because three quarters of the way through I felt it go. Right. Oh, and so I just squatted. Oh, really? <laughs> I think it was just my ass cheeks that were holding the, the, the stool there. Wow. <laughs> and, but can you imagine doing a mime and you fall off the stool? And, and the drums are still going. <laughs> Yeah. Man, that guy's really good. He's great. <laughs> but if you watch it back, you'll see why I'm smiling, though. Probably because he's on my ass. You always need to find the link. Find the link to that one, please. In the show notes. 
I, I did a mime, I was talking about this with someone yesterday, I did a mime for an American pop artist probably a year ago, maybe a bit longer, and, um, you know, when you're the, this has happened on two occasions now where like the, they get, get you the tracks the night before and it's not just the single that, you've, that you know you've heard on the radio, it's a live arrangement from their world tour yeah. with the drummer chopping over everything. You know, and you've got to then expect to like <laughs> yeah. match it. Oh, okay, it's a thirty-second note triplet into this hit on the and on the three ends, and then you know, and it's all gospel stuff. And and uh, as a as the mime drummer, you're always right behind the singer, right? So you're right in shot. Yeah, you're always in shot. Okay. Always in shot. And we did one, we did one, and and just bef- before, and there was, it was three songs we had to do, and this had happened. We got the tracks the night before, and I'd done my best to like, you know, get through it, you know, and. After the first song, the singer came up to me just before we were about to take the take the second song. Like it was one of those sunrise type things yeah. where you do one, then they break, then you do another one. It was on location, and uh, ten seconds before we come to air, she, she comes up to me and goes, "Have you listened to the tracks? <laughs> Have you actually listened to the tracks?" <laughs> Talk about a bad vibe, and like it was bad vibe. I'm like. Yeah, we got them at ten o'clock last night. I listened to the tracks, and I've you know this is my chart. And she goes, yeah, because I was watching before, and you hit a you, you hit a hi hat where there wasn't a hi hat there. <laughs> and, and, and then and then we cut and straight away she's like, I, I just you just really need to get it right. And then it was counters in straight away for the next live shot. Best of luck. And then uh, the, yeah yeah, and we came off. I mean, what I respected about it was she she would go and review the songs in the truck. And then, you know, I, she really cared about what her show was like. So I, I appreciated that, but it really bad vibe me for a moment. Yeah. Even to this day, I've got a bad vibe about this person. Um, but then she decided after that that she wanted to do them again. And she hadn't realised it was live TV. <laughs> and so her face, she got even in a worse mood when she's talking to the director going, well, we'll do that one again. We'll, like, oh, no, you're not done. doing it again. It, it was done half an hour ago. Wow. No, we're already under the cash cow now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cash cow's coming out. So, yeah, that was another But that was another one that left a bad taste in my yeah. mouth because yeah. I'd done as much work as could have been done with the little time that was given. Well, you know, they've got to give you, this, they've got to give you the stuff sooner. That's just, well, yeah. yeah I mean, you can whinge and complain like about it, but you're still the one that ends up on TV looking like an idiot. Or yeah. well, you just sit there and grin and just, just play time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just play something yeah. completely different. <laughs> Just, I, I've got a, a question a couple down, but just on the talking about the artist, who's the most difficult artist or band leader? You don't have to name the name, obviously, don't name the name, but the most difficult artist or band leader or person that you've worked for that's just made you go, never fucking. I, I think for mine, it, it was it's it's when someone really just can't communicate what they're trying to get to you, and I find that. With a lot of the Latin guys, it's just a bit of a cultural difference. Like, if you're working with a bunch of Aussie Latinos, we're all pretty Aussie. So, we, you know, we're Aussies. So you get these guys that come in and they're, like, barking orders and... It's like, hold on, you got a good band. This will work. Just, you know, chill. Hey, man, can you play it like this? Yeah, sure. That's... I, I find that, um... That you struggle cultural with difference... Right. ...where... You go to a place like, you go check out rehearsals in like a Cuban band or something in Cuba, and they're all just barking at each other. Mm. Oh man, you don't have to get Wow. Mm. It's just, but no, no one's like, 
It's never in a bad mood or anything. It's just how they talk. Yeah. <laughs> Would that be compared to like the traffic in Mumbai? That everyone's bipping at each other, but no one's really yelling. But yeah, at each but other. Yeah, nothing's happening. No, they're just bipping. But no one, no one's angry. <laughs> yeah, I, I find that difference was probably the hardest thing with, possibly the hardest people to work with, when when it comes to that. Dave Goodman. Oh well, uh, without two, naming names. Two, yeah. uh, <laughs> the two types of uh, situations that I don't really appreciate I'll put it this way you know it's, it's when I mean I'm, here we are in a room full of beautiful drummers and you, you know what it's like you know what you've put into your craft to, to get to sound as good as you do I, I know that you know that and it's like playing the drums it's, it's a particular skill set I think <clears throat> And, and it's a very, very individual... The sound of Fab playing is... is it, it's the, you're the only person in the world who sounds like you. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the drummers seem... Because of the, the infinite choice in the gear and just your, your touch and the choice of what ghost knows to play or not, or you know, everyone here is going to sound individual. And um, I, I like it when... <laughs> someone kind of knows my limitations and accepts them and just says, I want you to play. And so the antithesis of that is someone who doesn't really understand or appreciate the uniqueness of what I have to offer and, 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 and so the, the start micromanaging your stuff to try and make you sound like someone who actually they might live a block away and they should have just called that yeah. person in yeah. the first place. People, people who just can't accept what you're bringing. It's just like, well, you've called the wrong person. I, I, I'm pretty versatile, but <laughs> to an extent, you know. Um, and so once, once start, someone starts to really... I mean, I'm also professional as well to, to give people what they want, of course, but there's a, there's a threshold of what I think I can deliver and what I'm willing to deliver. Um, I, just, I don't like that. The other, the other situation for me is when, when uh, you know, freelancing so much, I'm reading a lot. And what I can't stand now, there's, there's actually, there are two things that kind of annoy me and I'm, I'm interested to hear actually. When, um, with charts, so everyone's got their notation software and people write these drum charts so that they can hear the notation software play a little drum track for them and that's the part they'll give you. And it's like, man, just give me a chord chart or give me a lead sheet or, or just a form, just a rhythm section part. Don't give me what your computer sounded yeah, good playing. I'm not going to read. Yeah, it's <laughs> like I'm not going to play that. Even the best sight reader in the world is not going to play that. I'm sorry. Um, or just say it's a mambo or whatever it is. And then the, the other thing about the music notation software is I, I think people who are using it, I'm generalizing. This is, I'm, I'm complaining about the worst. Most people are very good. <laughs> but the question was, uh, and then it's like, 
but people don't finish their charts properly, so they don't write any dynamics in. And you're just just reading shit down to try and just get a sense of what it sounds like. You know, you don't even know the song. You, you're hearing it for the first time as you're playing it, and then and then they'll turn around and say, "That's supposed to be soft there. That's supposed to, the dynamics." You know, it's like well, you didn't fucking write any there. dynamics in there. <laughs> I can read. You have know? one person in mind when you're saying all this. You're just like seeing this person in mind. I have one many people in mind. No, my lips are sealed. And, uh, um, maybe, yeah, no, that, those are my two. Just yeah. that, that, those two situations are not the ones I like to be in when I play. But I'm, yeah, I don't mind either. It's pretty cool. I could be sweeping the floor of an abattoir or something. Yeah. Right? So, <laughs> it's not that bad. Dave number two. He's number one. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> they get rid of me first. Um, yeah, it's really hard to answer this one without, without um, throwing someone under the bus, but they deserve it. Wow. Well, um, <laughs> no, no I, look, I won't. But um, uh, just people that kind of, they, you know, especially an, an artist that doesn't have their shit together and they project that nervous energy or um you know they they projected back on the band or the sound guys or um and and the band works so hard to learn this person's stuff and they don't even know it and it's the same 15 20 songs they've been singing for the last you know 20 years mm. and they still don't have their shit together and you're thinking hang on i only got this stuff two nights ago and i i know all this stuff <laughs> i you know because i don't, actually don't chart i just memorize yeah. everything um, sometimes that works for me. Sometimes it's, you know, I'm up all night because I just can't, you know. I'm, there's, there's nights where I, I do it easily. I can listen to stuff once or twice and I've, I've got it. Other times it just, you know, it's, it takes a lot of work. But Do you give lessons? Uh, n- no, no. <laughs> Memory lessons? No, no. I'll give you one lesson, but you have to remember it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, you sort of think, oh, I've, I've studied this stuff. You know, I even know, you know, I, need, I can even hear the, the, the tones. I can hear everyone else's parts as well because they're sort of a lot of your cues. And you can't even remember your own fucking song. Um, so, yeah. No, it's... Or, or remember me and I did the gig last week for you. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, so you, get, you, you do get a few. I've had a couple of people, but there's, yeah, there's one in particular that um, rings a bell. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I haven't pl- played much for quite a while, so. Um, oh, I mean, go, go back. Yeah. The, um, chase that career back. The, just a hobby. Uh, <laughs> I'm not a musician. I, I honestly believe it. I'm not a musician. I don't have the dream, don't have the live the life, but you know. Still figuring uh, out how to use a microphone, I see, too. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm now involved in tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got throttled when I was younger, uh, in a good way, and I've had oh, chats. We'll be there. Yeah, I've been yelled and screamed at, like, but as, as an education, and yeah. I'll, I'll, it's it's not a bad thing. Oh. But it's been really good because it was tough when I was 18. I was in just finishing high school, and I was playing with him down the basement. He'd be on Saturday nights filling in for Mark Kennedy, and it's big shoes, man. Like yes. it's a serious uh, reality check. And he'd be screaming and yelling, you know. And then it took a year or two before that actually died off. And I didn't realise that it was just to try and educate. I took it personally. Yeah, yeah. So, but no, we're, we've had good chats about that and, uh, a lot since. And, but the, just a couple of, um, if anything, negative at all, uh, 
just when someone, what the two days were saying, micromanaging, and when someone brings their negative energy across that's totally out of shape for what's going on and uh, what you're there to do, really. And that, that's happened a fair amount, I would think, over time. But um, can't can't really think of many instances. But, yeah, I, those two uh, themes, those couple of themes that they were talking about, definitely. Fab always brings a downer, don't you? <laughs> I do. I know myself. I have to agree. Um, pretty much the same with these two guys and, and what John's saying. I think a lot of it is, is just the worst scenarios that have always been um, towards attitude, uh, just bad attitude and ego. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was one experience, I won't mention any names, uh, a prof- profile guy uh, who I was playing with and, and we had a, a fill-in keyboard player come in who's a notable keyboard player very, and really, really, really good. And he stepped in and it wasn't a, it's, it's not a gig to, to lug or step in on easily at all. It was, there was a lot of stuff, a lot of complexities to the music. This keyboard player stepped in and I remember watching him all night and it was a, it was a, a big-ish gig and um, I was watching him all night and I was blown away at how much he was nailing this gig and he made one mistake and the artist, the, the singer, turned around and tore shreds off out of him on stage. Oh, and on. I, 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 I'll always remember that and I, I wanted to throw a stick at him. I wanted to, I was seething. I was just so upset. And the first thing, as soon as we got off the stage, I went straight to the keyboard player, put my arms around him and said, dude, you smashed that gig. You were amazing. And he really was. He really smashed the gig. It was just, I was like, man, that's cool. And that just whole thing, that, that just goes along the line of the ego attitude, bad attitude thing. The only one other thing I want to add to that, bad experiences, is is being ripped off in the sense of um, being booked. And there was a situation many years ago where I was I was in this, this outfit and the, the lead singer was the guy booking the band and he quoted for this thing and it happened a few times. There was suspicion that he was... He was taking money, and by accident, he accidentally emailed the printout to the keyboard player of what this one particular gig. I think I've heard what this one particular gig was paying, <laughs> and we all just went, "Wow, really? Yeah. There you go, you yeah. accident." And it was one of those things where you hit send and it's gone. Yeah, yeah. And I went to the keyboard player. Keyboard player just. Shout it to everyone else. And sure enough, <laughs> we were getting this much and he was getting that much. Yeah. And he was so, but he was saying that he was getting that that's the other that's one the that I, that's the other one I had. What, what that's you, just ripping off a fellow musician. What did basically. you do about it? Did you confront him? Uh he was confronted. Um I, I don't remember exactly what happened with that situation, but something else with this guy happened and I and I left. Yeah. I just I just said, I'm done here. See yeah. you later. Out of here. That's it. That's yeah. I haven't really come across a really bad one um, yet. So far, most of my experiences are really positive. Yeah. I've, I had a situation where I was touring with an artist one time and I could tell that, uh, you know, there, there was a bit of an attitude thrown towards me at times and I kind of didn't, I just, you know, I didn't let it sort of affect me and I just, you know, I just ploughed through, did my job and it was a fairly long tour and the attitude sort of was it was increasing and getting a little arduous at times. But, I mean, what I found about it was I, I assessed the situation in that this was a first-time experience for this artist in a 
in quite a um, pressure situation and doing stuff that they hadn't done on a level that they hadn't done before. And and so I decided not to say anything about it really and just to keep smiling and, and doing all the extra jobs that I had to do a lot as part of this as well. And and um, it, it was it was pretty tough at times, but I was glad that I did that because it, it came to a point where sometime after we came home, they they called me up and they must have been done some thinking about it themselves and and come to the conclusion and, and acknowledge what, what had gone on. And they they called me up to get together and apologise for it. And that was just such a really great thing. And so mm. I guess my my takeaway from that was I, I, it's important to look at the situation around. I mean, I've no doubt every situation you guys just spoke about is completely valid. For my point, for in my case, I know that I didn't sort of deserve to, to get the, some of the treatment I got I got handed out. Um, well, I didn't deserve any of it, really. And it wasn't anything super highly specific. It was just a general sort of attitude. But that happens with the best of people when you're on the road for a long time in each other's pockets, you know, and you've got to kind of expect that and uh, and almost let it wash over you at times. And um, as a result, things are still wonderful. And, and a lot was learned from that experience for them as a the first time doing something like that. And, and for me, as having done a lot of that stuff, even just seeing that kind of, uh, the positive come to fruition out of some negative kind of vibes. That's my zen part I'm going to add to the <laughs> equation. <laughs> That's cool. The worst injury you've, you've ever played through and how, you got, how did you get through it? Um, my one was when I was about 18, 19 and I was playing with this Latin band and um these guys were all a bit older and they just used to jerk around and there was a trolley backstage and I was the youngest one in the band by far so everyone's just kind of I'm sitting on this trolley and everyone's just chucking it across the room and in one of those someone pushes it one-handed goes straight into this brick wall and my knee goes straight into it about five minutes before playing wow and uh, like I, it ballooned out like it literally went like that Instantly, before this fluid started coming into it, I rode on my, on my right foot. So, played about the next two weeks with the closed hat and just left foot bass drum, and wow. which is kind of hard on the Latin stuff. But that was the worst one to play through. Hey, hang on a second. You did see me with the fractured wrist. Though. I saw you play with a fractured wrist. This new one was worse, though. Yeah, at least but that was in a cast. And it I was in a cast it and it with Iota, <laughs> and I was in the audience watching this guy, and I'm thinking, "That's not right, man." Yeah, and it was on my left you know, hand, can, and it was only snare. only snare hand. But it wasn't just because it was just snare hand. This, what you were doing that night too, I'm like, "That's not right. That's not fair." <laughs> There's actually a fun gig. And- you cannot do that with that. Get, get the he did, he did. I was so skewed and I couldn't play that gig, like, because it was such a busting out kind of gig and you kind of, dude. Like, there was no... Dude, I was, was in the audience, was I was in the audience that. and I'm thinking, I knew exactly, not that I've ever had a cast on, but I knew, it I could half, see the show, I knew what was required of the mm. gig and I could see your obvious physical limitation, I was seriously, dude, I was blown away. <laughs> You're an amazing drummer. Oh, and geez, that, yeah, that night, was, he just he smashed it with a cast in his hand. I was like, at the end of the night, I remember waiting around to talk to you. Like, man, come on, man, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, there's gigs in WA, dude. 
Uh, anyway. Uh, that was awesome. While you're on the mic. Oh, um, the only one I, uh, the one I can remember was when I was in my early 20s. I, was, I used to do uh, martial arts and, and I was doing, at the time, I was doing a lot of kickboxing. And um, I, it was a day, I had a gig that night and I was at training and I rolled my ankle and, it, and I actually thought I broke it because it cracked and I think it was a, it was a ligament on the, yeah. on the outside yep. of the ankle. It was my bass drum foot. Yeah, done that. And I rolled it and I heard it go crack and, and my drumming life flashed before my <laughs> eyes. Yeah. I had a gig that night. Um, I managed to get to the gig. I had people help me. Uh, load in. I wasn't sure. I got, um, I got home from training and the first thing I did was pull out my bass drum pedal and try to play. And I could do this. I could make the up and down motion. But it was really weak. And, and But any slight movement this way and, and it was like lightning bolt to yep. the back of the eyeball. Yep. So I had to get through this gig and just, just back and boom. <laughs> really quiet bass drum, soft. Yeah. It's like a big, most of it, people would have thought I had a big bass drum, big yeah. mallet, you know, yeah. soft. Yeah. That was it. I'm going to add to this one. I slipped the disc, my Ooh. L5S1, Ooh. right at the bottom, bass of my spine, because my, I broke my back years ago. Oh, all the other injuries just went. Yeah, no, no, like no. I'm, I'm not telling my story anymore. <laughs> my, um, my, my foot fell off in that kick. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, so I've got this reoccurring thing where the disc slips because of the parts that are broken. Anyway, so it had flared up, um, and if you've ever had a real lower back injury and, and a slip disc, you can't move your trunk. Wow. Any movement of your trunk is just a pain straight up the up your back into your shoulder blades and then down both legs. So <laughs> I got towels, and I wrapped the towels around my trunk real tight to anchor me to the stool. And I just sat there and I just played like this. Oh, Jesus Christ. T- told them I can't play loud. You have to turn me up, turn the mics up. Lucky I was playing in a screen so I could hear myself. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Playing really quiet and any slight movement, oh, pain down my legs. And... Need a Valium and a vodka with that. That's, that's got <laughs> a... No, I, I, I couldn't... <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> I couldn't get anybody to, to sub for me. So. so sorry, did you say you broke your back? Not that. I'd broken my back. You had broken it already. Yeah. This was a slip disc. Right, mm. okay. Yeah. That's pretty nasty, dude. Yeah. I don't really feel like telling my story anymore. <laughs> I, uh, once I, I stubbed my toe. I stubbed my toe one time. Oh, rest in peace, toe. <laughs> nah, my, okay, my, I, was, I hadn't thought about this for many years, but my very first time I played drums in front of, like, it was a school band, you know, this school band thing. First time ever, I was 12 years old. And uh, there was a school finish that day, and, and basically... I had my hand... I was leaning out of the doorway to say goodbye to someone, just a regular doorway of the classroom. So my hand was... The, the door was wide open, and my hand was in the, the hinge area of the door, oh, yeah. and someone decided to slam the door. Oh. Not knowing my hand was there, they were just, like, kicking me, like, shutting me out as a joke. Ha, ha, ha. He's funny, man. <laughs> Never talking to that guy again. Anyway, slammed the door to the point where the door latched, and my hand was stuck in it, and it was just... It was, no one could put it up the, from my, my little finger down, you know, down to my wrist, and it it, it became like swollen, like a foot. Mm. All right, and I had to have it bandaged and iced, and then go and play the first gig ever. Oh. And like the nerves were almost enough to dull the pain. Anyway, I was yeah. so nervous. 
I remember playing all the songs about 40 BPM too fast. Like, <laughs> like really so fast. Yeah. So that was the first one. And then I, I've done... I've had another couple significant ones. One where I, I, um, I used to play a lot of sport. I played volleyball and I, I snapped a tendon in my right thumb. To this day, it's, it's snapped. It never... I never got it... I never got it seen to. Hashtag men's health. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> never had it checked out. It'll be fine. It's just a sore thumb. Uh, years later, I've discovered it was completely snapped. Um, wow. And so I, I just played through that for... Uh, uh, I think I took a, uh, had to play some hand percussion stuff, which is pretty, <laughs> not a lot of fun. <laughs> and then um, and that, that's a bit of a recurring injury. About probably uh, seven years ago, I slipped. I was down the rocks at Bondi, and I slipped over and caught myself with my hand, but my, my thumb went right into the crack between two rocks. And I just heard it, like, just tear the muscle. And that was when I was gigging a lot. You know, I was gigging a fair bit. And so for the next kind of couple of months, I played with a, a stick between my, my first and second finger. I'd put, I'd put gaff tape, uh, sort of reverse tape on the stick, so it would stick, stick in there. And I'd play, and my thumb was totally, like, plastered up. And I'd play kind of, you know, this sort of weird action and... Wow build some nice callus up there <laughs> that, that, that burns I tell you um, so that's kind of, yeah it's just not as good as a broken back here you go <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm hopeless I'm always playing with injuries uh, mainly because I play touch footy and I'm getting too old for it um, probably the worst one was that um, I played a couple of hours before a gig and um, torn, tore my hamstring and so and that was a that was a Frankie's gig where it was Full on stuff. So, mm. played through that. Um, broken fingers. Like I've had heaps yep. of those. Yep. Um, busted tendons, and always too. When you break a finger, it always sticks out a bit. Yep. You don't realise how fine you cut it between each drum or, or rim. And when you've got a finger slightly sticking out, yeah, right. you smash it on everything. <laughs> like, yeah, but um, done that. Um, I'm sure everyone's done the hi hat slice. Have you ever done that one where you, where you've Hand yeah. comes past the hi hat, and uh, you just see the the, the blood. Right there. Yeah, wow. See the, see the blood just goes. Especially if you've got coated heads too. It just yeah. goes, and it's a, and it's a it's you know it's a, a house kit too. So the next guy goes, Ooh, yeah. So, no, um, I've never done I've never done that, but I've whacked myself in the face with a stick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it's embarrassing as well as painful. I'll tell you yeah. the worst, the most embarrassing one is you catch your glasses on the way through, oh. and, then they, oh. and they flick out, and you have to, like the, the, the chick you've been winking at. You've got to go and say sorry. That's, <laughs> mine and I do have bad eyesight. Yes, that's uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, it's actually astigmatism. Yeah, that's great. Oh, your mum's got that too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah. That's very funny. That's me. Johnny. Oh, oh, well, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Johnny got the mic. I've actually survived thus far without any, or maybe a cut finger or something, because I've always been around tools and working on engines since I was a kid. And yeah. Sort of stuff, and I mean, there was a few sliced fingertips in the, yeah, at the drum shop, shop probably at the drum shop. That, no, not, nothing really. Um, the only one I can remember, which is just is quite silly, is I was doing one of those percussion type gigs, I think it was at Cargo Bar, and everyone's like munted on a Saturday night. <laughs> and someone thought it'd be a really good idea to unbolt the top of the stool and take oh. it, oh, and it's a bit some... dark too in there no. in, in some spots. Oh. and... Uh, so I went, uh, I went, sat down, yeah, and it fucking 
went right up my ass. Actually, that, oh, that, 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 top of the tripod. Yeah. So I was going to make a joke, but I'm not going to. Yeah. Well, yeah. actually, I'm no gonna, laughing about it. I will. <laughs> but, He's um, talking about worst incidents, John. Not the, not the most happiest. <laughs> I had to go. There's someone I had to. Come on. Oh, actually, uh, wasn't what you call. Yeah, yeah. It hurt, but it wasn't. It could have been worse. Yeah. So. Yeah. And at the top of the store, but I was pissed off because the store top. I mean, the stores had it without it, right? So yeah, right. Yeah. I'm buying. And unfortunately, like you know, everyone left an hour or two after everyone had gone. That all the lights were on and the security guard just held it up and said, someone owned this? And I said, yeah. So it actually turned up in there, which is pretty good. So someone just picked it up and ran off with it. So. Turning a negative into a positive. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Goodman. I really don't have much. The only thing I can say is, apart from like just having bad RSI about 20 years ago from just playing too tight, that's a whole other story, but... Gizzy sounds I, good under that microphone, uh, yeah, yeah. doesn't he? Well, he sounds so... That microphone just suits your voice. Can I take it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you were talking about that in your podcast, right? What's uh, that? Changing up your grip. Oh, yeah. This was yeah. another... Necessary change so 20 related. years ago. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, just playing tight and not, not realising it, you know. But that, that's boring to get into. <laughs> and it and, and pales in comparison to these other horror right, stories. Best, yeah. But, um, no, I've been cooking a lot more recently and my stupid thumbs and fingers have been pretending to be avocados and tomatoes and, and, <laughs> well, and inviting the knife to slice right through them. So yeah. I've quite often got Band-Aids on my fingers when I go out to play these days. You know, Same. It's, you know, it's weird. I, I can't explain it. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm losing my grip. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Actually, have you heard about that... <laughs> so have you heard about that Pete Drummond story, the skateboard? Is this like? Oh, yes, he's from the yes, he, of, he told me that story. Yeah, and he had to completely. He, he, I know the guy who told him to go skating as well. I went to uni oh, with wow. him. Oh yeah. wow! He said, "Oh, fuck that guy." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and he, uh, older bloke actually, it was Jared's student, and uh, this is a long time ago. But so he's from the mountains, and he said, "Oh, I said, Pete, you got to chill out a bit, you know." And I, th- I suppose this is true. This is what I remember. And he went, bought a skateboard, and. Then landed on both hands. Had a bad skating on both like, hands, and then Ouch. he had to completely change his entire approach to and holding the sticks and everything. What what makes it really like full on is that the reason why that guy told him he needed to get a hobby is because he had just been through. I think Pete was maybe eighteen or so. He's young, yeah. Yeah, and, and he had just gone and taken a bunch of lessons with Gordon Rittmeister. Right. And Gordo had this nine-hour-a-day practice routine that he'd chopped up into three lots of three hours. Right. An hour on this, an hour on that, you know. And, and Pete, Pete's really, really into it, and he's so impressionable. Yeah. So he went and did the routine nine hours a day. No wonder he's so yeah. amazing, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that lasted for, I think it was nine months. Really? And he said, like, oh, man, I, I felt like I was starting to lose my mind. And so two things happened. That guy said, yeah, you need to get a hobby. Go and start skating. And uh, so he did, yeah, and he shattered his arm. Can't play traditional grip anymore. I think he was playing traditional grip in those days. Anyway, he ended up going back to Gordo at some point and said, hey, hey you know, like, I went through that routine and blah, blah, blah. And Gordo said, what, nine months? I only managed it for about three weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm developing a three-minute routine <laughs> broken up into 60-second slots yeah. and spread out over three months. <laughs> There's breaks in that three minutes yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. Rest. It's a rest. A rest, yeah. Rest. 
just on the on the Pete Drummer story, um, the Deconstructed Drummer podcast, which Jeff Jeff Dukakis has, listen to the Pete Drummond interview, and I think he talks about this oh, and, right, and right. lots of other stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a really great episode. Yeah. Yeah. Your buddy made it work for him, didn't he? Oh yeah, Jeez. he's insanely he's good. It's good. Yeah. nuts. Yeah. 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 Who is this Pete Drummond you talk of? <laughs> <laughs> New young type. New young guy. Actually, someone described him as a, as a metamorphosis of metamorphosis of Vinny and Virgil. Mm. Yeah, right now. Vigil. Vigil. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, and you'd believe it too. I mean, it's it's just. Oh, incredible. someone described him as that. I thought you said someone described me as a minimum. <laughs> no, 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 no. The, the love child. Keen. Keen yeah, is going in. Yeah. No, no, no. Pete. Yeah. Um, Kat Hunter was supposed to be here tonight as another member of the panel, um, but she said to go off on tour, but, but she added a, a, um, a question. So how do you guys manage the down periods when um, there isn't a lot of work compared to sort of the hectic periods? Wow. Uh, for, for for now, being a stay-at-home dad mm. keeps me pretty busy. Yeah. Um, lunches, school lunches in the morning, school pickups, school drop-offs, chilling at home. Uh, then just go out at night. Yeah. Go out and do gigs. So Is she more sorry. than enough busy for me, I reckon. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt there, but is she is that question coming from a financial standpoint or is that coming from a um when she said how do you manage when it's quiet, I suppose. Yeah, what do you, had, yeah, what do, you do when you're quiet? Stuff you couldn't do when you're busy. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I mean, may, may, maybe she means when the work's not there. Yeah. Well yeah. Sounds like she's talking about like surviving. Surviving you know, basically yeah. financially. Yep. Paying bills. For me I Ever since I've been doing a, a, quite a heavy amount of touring stuff over the last couple of years, like I used to have, uh, and the change in the scene here in Sydney has, has added to this as well. I used to have five residencies a week, you know, at, at one stage. And so it was great. So no pressure. It's, you get to play with mates. You don't have to really think about it too much and you assume they're always going to be there and and they're not, I have none at the moment. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm doing this TV gig, which is cool, but that's, you know, that's finite. And uh, and I've found that I just I just tell myself it's going to be okay. I look at the averages and go, you know, so far I've managed to keep going, and so I'm going to enjoy the fact that this weekend I haven't got a gig, and I'm going to in my I take my partner out, you know, I, I, I take advantage of it. I go and see some music if I can, or I really enjoy just sitting on the couch. There's something. There's something that feels very special about sitting at home and watching TV on a Friday or a Saturday night, oh, yeah. even though it's the worst TV, it's terrible. Yeah. It feels like such a privilege. It's not something I'd want the privilege of on a regular basis. That's not going to do well for any of us. But so just on that then, um, when does it get to a point where, well, the work's not coming in, I'm going to have to start the hustle? Fortunately, I, I can't answer that yet, but it's something okay. I think about. Yep. It's definitely something I think about yep, yep, yep. every, you know... I think we uh, talked about... We do it every podcast, month. Yeah. Like, it's it's inevitable, right? It is inevitable that um, that the phone will stop ringing at some stage. It will slow down. For some of us, it has. For others, it, you've got to diversify. Um, for me, I've found that diving into some of the tech side uh, and being able to... Um, 
do some of the uh, emulate some of the pop stuff like not just your, your kind of radio friendly the, the pop that was what we called pop 20 years ago but a lot of the stuff which is very electronic now having the equipment and knowing the equipment well and how to how to run playback and, and set up playback and design all that kind of stuff um, I found that has kept me um, kept me in in other avenues of work where it might not have been before and now I've found myself where I'm putting shows together for some artists who I'm not touring with um, but they employ me to to essentially go in and run their rehearsals put the put the playback and stuff together and send them out so um, that's something yeah that's something that we all have to think about because it's you can't fight time can you and there's so many great drummers coming up mm. you know it's and there's limited amount of gigs and we've seen what the, is going on with the scene here and that's um, that presents a whole other level of struggles that we we got to face but yeah at this moment I just enjoy it if I have that time I try and do something that's uh, that's I'm going to enjoy so I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm not making rent money tonight you know yeah I on what you said about um, keeping a positive uh, state of mind as well is really important uh, to if it's if you're doing something you know if if, we're, if you're doing something that you love that that you're passionate about we all know this you're doing something you're passionate about you're just going to keep doing it, it it's it, and it, it is tricky you've got to stay positive when 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 the chips are down when the gigs are quiet it's it's about getting into a right frame of mind and staying positive knowing that you'll be all right but at the same time that that doesn't always pay the bills either. So there's a lot of diversity going on. Everyone's got their own individual circumstances, and there's a lot of players out there that that diversify with with either teaching or, or um, some players teach. Well, you teach a lot, right? Yeah, I do. Yeah. But you teach a lot and you gig a lot. Yeah, it's still part of part of the same. It's all part of the same yeah, thing. Yeah. That's right. So there's there's diversity there. I mean, it's it's just, and there's nothing wrong with getting a. A part-time job too, as long as if you need to pay my bills, there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you keep a, I think it's very much about keeping a positive state of mind in life, mm. not just in music, but in life as well. Mm. Uh, and it, it is. It's about staying positive, doing whatever you have to do, but keeping that positive frame of mind uh, towards it. Mm. Gotcha. Yeah, um, I agree totally, and and. Um, I see a lot of the shows that you do and um, and even some of the stories of gigs that you've done as well. I hear, like, everyone's got a great fab story. But it's one thing to be positive on stage, but also that, that hang off stage. Yeah. And, and um, you know, if, if you've got uh, the choice of three drummers and, and one guy's... They're, they're all of, of equal level, but there's this one guy that is really great to hang out with, and you feel really good about it. And it's always it's always a better experience. And I think I think you, you you're dead right. I um, I'm a bit different to some of the guys here, where I don't play all the time. Um, I I've got a full time job. Um, last year I, I, I worked full time, but I also did three or four gigs a week. So and that was only because we had a little bub and we had one income. So yep. I dialed it up, but. Usually, I, I, I've, I've tried to put myself in a position where every gig that I do, um, I can't wait to get there, and I'm loving it. And, I, and I, I, uh, otherwise, I, I sort of, um, I still want to try and keep it 
as my hobby. And a lot of people always say, oh, you, you know, you're always smiling. And I'm, I'm literally happy when I'm... I'm happiest when I'm playing. Yeah. But I've found when I've done it full-time, for every great gig, there were probably three or four gigs that weren't so great. And I found that that took away from that great gig after a while. And you see some, not all, I think it's fantastic that you can keep that energy up, but um, you see some guys who are a bit... They're, they're brilliant, but they're jaded and they're just going through the motions. And, and I think you still need to be an entertainer as well as a great musician and you project energy out to the audience. Mm. So I think, yeah. Um, so for me, my, my downtime is work I just yeah. um, and spending time with the, the wife and little bub. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, um, managing downtime... I've been through so many periods where, you know, I'll look in my calendar and there's six weeks and there's no gig, you know, and you suddenly think, God, have I become an asshole? <laughs> you know, and, and, but then, you know, the next three months are just jam-packed with new repertoire to learn, rehearsals galore, travelling, playing. And then you have another down period and, you know, so I, I think when I, I think I have, I have a child now, so I decided that I'm not going to be that guy. I don't want to have, I, I want her to, to wear new school shoes, you know what I mean? And, and I, I don't want, I want her to have a, a great childhood. So I started to ramp up the teaching a lot about five or six years ago when she was born. It just was a natural thing. It just, it just seemed to just flow. It wasn't, it wasn't a conscious choice. Oh, now I'm going to teach. <coughs> I just didn't want to be going and doing a whole ton of gigs that, you know, like oh, I wasn't enjoying uh, wearing a tuxedo. Like I fucking hate wearing tuxedos on <laughs> kicking he- shoes with heels and stuff. Like, So I'd rather not do that stuff, actually. And I'd rather... I really love teaching. So I actually all my bills are covered from my regular teaching. And it's great. And then so gigs that come in these days, I'm really happy to go and play because I don't take the gigs I don't want. Or that yeah, aren't. you can be really selective about that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want it to sound like I'm sort of Mr. No, 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 Ruppity but or anything. Not at but all. Like, You're, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. but Finding it's... Finding the middle ground. Yeah, and, and it, it, it actually... Lloyd Swanton, the bassist, said to me once, he said, you know, as soon as you stop accepting shitty gigs, you automatically have better gigs. Yeah. And a saxophone player, Paul Cutland, said to me once... You know, way back when I was a bachelor and, and just, just absolutely scuffling. And, you know, I was going to Coles at, like, bloody 11 o'clock because they marked the bread down to 50 cents. You know what I mean? Like, I, and I, you know, I was on the dole for a week. I couldn't even put a dole form in. They cut me. That's what I was going to do day, as soon you know? as everyone left. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I know what it's like to be without money. And... Um, Somehow or other, like you said, Yana, you know, you've still managed, you're still here. And I like that, man. Like the longevity, everybody who's here is yeah. it's very cool. Like somehow or other, we've managed to just keep going through thick or thin. Yeah, you kind of got to average it out too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. there'll be times, how often have we been like, oh, man, I wish I wasn't working tonight because I'm absolutely wrecked, you know? And you've got to think and, and be grateful for those times. And remember those times for the moment where you don't have work and go, okay, here's my chance where I can relax and, and enjoy that time off because yeah. in, uh, you know, in a, shortly it's going to get to a point where I would be wishing I wasn't having to go and do this rehearsal or go and do this thing or you know, go and work because you're so exhausted from having so much work. So it really does swing about 
um, you know, and perhaps we're fortunate that we can say that yeah. that that here. I, I, I'm not um, I'm not uh, saying that that's it's easy for everyone. There's, there's no doubt, but um, we're not the young we're not the young, and so uh, by saying that, what I'm saying is we we've been through it, and we've we're still yeah. here for. We're still here. There's a reason we're still here. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. John. Oh, reason for still here. Um, spiritual uplift and enlightenment through art uh, is like oxygen for me. So whether it's being a bit, playing's involved or listening. Or, uh, actually, I've done a lot of reading of books recently. In the last 12 months, I've never read as much. And it's been like, uh, like I've been aching to do it, you know. A week or two here and there doesn't, um, sometimes you don't read too much. But um, so there's... Um, all the help I can get, yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but you've got to remember, though, that, that this music <laughs> industry is not exclusive to quiet times either. So it's not just like it's happening in one area. Yeah. Uh, the building game, I mean, I've been a building designer in Darsland or whatever, uh, and, and I've been flat out. Even There's been a downturn, but I've fortunately been flat out. So, I mean, it's not just... You know, uh, exclusive to one or two areas. Yeah. There's every trade or job set out there is going to have an up and a down. So. Yeah, well, I'm in, I'm in mining, so right. I repair mining equipment. So when the mining boom was on, it was crazy, you know. Do and as then, much as you then, can get. Then the arse yeah. fell out, but it's all it's all coming back now. You know? Waves, yeah. yeah I yeah, think what waves. you said is really important. Hey, like, <clears throat> just to um, to to not. It's easy for us to be very insular in what we do, right? And go, our whole world is our, you know, our drumming industry, our music industry. But we're a very small, you know, a very small sector of the entertainment industry. Important, small sector of the entertainment industry, which is one industry, which is a small sector of just societal, you know, jobs that people have. And and so one of the things, like keeping a positive mind, as you were saying, I I often will say say to myself man, I don't have any work this weekend, but I also don't have to get up and go to an office, in, in my case, any time, or I don't have to go and go to... I don't have to go and do this thing. And also that thought that there are people doing it uh, way harder than me yeah. right now. And so for me to... I mean, obviously, it's, it's all right to feel sorry for yourself or whatever, but I, I will often have that thought and go, OK, I live in this apartment which I can... I can somehow afford and I have some good I've spent a lot of money on gear um, and just about being grateful for what we have done and what we do have and the fact that work does seem to keep coming back around yeah, and yeah. that if I don't have work for a, a couple of weeks or something like that it's a downtime and it, it will pick up it's just being positive about that and in, enjoying that space it's just rehashing what I said, really. Yeah, but, but also d- d- diversifying, that's really important. I mean, uh, I branched out a little bit into percussion badly. Um, and but the electric, the, the tech side, that's huge. And then I do all of it badly. <laughs> cons- and it's leading into consulting, like you see, you're running rehearsals and that sort of stuff. So that's more of a consultant angle. So And then that might uh, go into art- artistic direction and all this sort of stuff. So which you might not be playing an instrument in very much down the track might be all like configurating you know yeah. which is actually a, a huge step to like to organise um, oh yeah it's a whole other set of, of, stuff like whole that, other set that, of skills on itself, you know? well answered that was that was good 
Well, that's the end of part one of the Google Off Podcast Drummers Roundtable. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, episode, or sorry, part two coming very soon. Um, as always, need your help to share this thing. So, you know, if you dig the show, um, please share it on your social media and Facebook and Insta and all that sort of stuff and tell your friends. Um, you can contact me anytime uh, on Instagram or Facebook um, at the Gig Life Podcast. Um, or you can email me at thegiglifepodcast at gmail.com. Anyway, again, thanks for listening, and um, yeah, we'll catch you again soon. Cheers. Thank you.